Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are listening to The Britflix Fright Fest Preview Podcast. Welcome to another Britflix.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and today we're talking uh, Ruin Me. Ruin Me's going to be playing at Fright Fest, so this is part of the preview series. And I'm proud to say, proud, that's pretty strong, isn't it? I'm glad to say, uh, I've got, um, I've got the, the co-writers, the director, editor and producer all rolled into two people on the line. Please introduce yourselves. Hi there, I'm Preston D. Francis. I'm the director and co-writer. And I am Trista Bissett. I am the co-writer, executive producer, and editor. Welcome to the Britflix podcast. Thank you so much for having us. This is actually the first podcast that either one of us have ever done, so go easy on us, Stuart, please. Well, I'm 250 in, so we should be all right. Okay, good. If we pretend that the admin error that was going on before we started this hasn't really happened, but uh, I'm sure that'll all die down um, so we can have our conversation. So, ruin me. Do you want to, um, should we start with, as you, co- as you co-wrote it, do you want to tell us, well, in fact, no, let's, let's, do, let's do a synopsis of Ruin Me first. Tell, tell people what they can expect to see at Frightfest. Yes. So uh, Ruin Me is about uh, an event called Slasher Sleepout. Mm-hmm. And Slasher Sleepout is, it, it's like, imagine if you took a, a haunted house, an extreme haunted house, and an escape room and a camping trip and rolled them all into one for six people out in the middle of the woods. That's what Slasher Sleepout is. It's, it's like these six people are signing up and saying, we want to live out for a weekend what it would be like to be in a Friday the 13th movie, for instance. Yes. And so Slasher Sleepout is the event that we are at, uh, but it uh, specifically involves our lead character, Alexandra, and she goes by Alex. Mm-hmm. And Alex has actually never really seen a horror film before, and she's going along on this trip with her boyfriend, who happens to be a really big horror fan, and she's sort of reluctantly going along with him, and uh, she didn't really uh, understand exactly what uh, she was getting in for and, and uh, signing up for. Uh, but uh, when she gets there and when the group gets, gets out into the middle of the woods, things start to go wrong. Indeed they do. Indeed Did they I cover do. it, Krista? I, I think that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's the simple version, so you know the setup. But I, I think it's safe to say, listener, that um, 
that it gets a whole lot more complicated than just simply being a role-playing getaway with a, with a horror theme and, and begins to sort of play with your ability to understand what is happening, what has happened, what is happening, what might happen, where we are. It's, it's, it's a really, really clever film with, with, plenty, with plenty twists around the, the idea that Preston outlined there. So do you want to, do you want to, give, us, do you want to give us some insight into, into how you conceived this idea? I mean, you, you kind of gave us a, a bit of a hint there in your, in your, in your synopsis where you, tr- you sort of said you were taking all these elements and mixing them into, into one. Um, sure. So there were all of these extreme haunts that started popping up around Los Angeles. Um, there's one called Blackout, where you have to sign a waiver saying that the the actors in the haunted house can touch you and they can, they can do whatever they want. Um, and you go in by yourself um, and they take you through this 20-minute crazy weird journey. Um, and, uh, we both did that one. Um, we had a group of people and we went and did it. And afterwards we were all conferring and we decided that it was definitely a weird experience and it was cool and we were glad that we did it, but we weren't really scared. Um, and so we started thinking, what would it take to really get you scared in a situation like this? Um, and we also did another event that was called the Great Horror Campout, mm-hmm. which is when we actually go and camp out overnight in tents. Um, and there are monsters running around, and there are puzzles that you have to solve, and there's a scavenger hunt element to it. Um, and so we also incorporated some elements from that one. Wow, is, is all I can say, first off. Um, <laughs> I, was, I wasn't aware it was so grounded in reality. Um, I was, I mean, I've been, I'm privy to the fact that we, there's zombie paintball sort of things going on where people can be, you know, shoot paintballs at stuff and, you know, running around a warehouse, but I wasn't aware of this. And, and I've been, and I've been aware of sort of experiential theater, you know, the mm-hmm. idea of mm-hmm. you being part of the performance, um, where, where often, I mean, there's one, there's this particular one in Britain, which has won lots of awards called, and, and it'll not make sense the name because it doesn't. It's called You Me Bum Bum Train is the name of the theatre company. <laughs> and essentially you you walk into the you walk into the set and it's 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 many performances to one person at a time. So very interesting. Yeah, you, the, you, you, one you, of the states is called Sleep No More. Uh, and I actually I haven't been. It's in New York, but I hear it's I hear it's amazing. Have you been to the one in, in the UK? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's like a waking dream. Because one minute you're a um, you're a dish on a sushi tray going round on the on the on the conveyor belt. The next minute you're a, you're helping a burglar burglar house. Then you're climbing through ducks like your bloody Bruce Willis, and huh. and you pop out the other end and you're you're in a gig and you get crowd surfed out the wall. Uh, you're you're a minister who has to give a speech to the press about oil. Um, and so on and so forth, and you you just you don't know what scene's coming next, so it's a bit like you know in the, in the way that you dream that you can have non sequiturs and just be like I'm shopping in Walmart and then I turn around and I'm in Abattoir, and that's kind uh-huh. of what they do really well. It's not horror. I mean they don't. It's not scary. It's it's mm-hmm. nerve wracking, but it's not uh, mm-hmm. 
Uh, I mean, the first thing I did, you, 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 you got, you're in a wheelchair, so you can't, you're, you're sort of in a position of passiveness. And mm-hmm. bashed you through two double doors to be greeted by an American football team, all in their helmets and hats, <laughs> and get told to give a rousing speech. So, yes, wow. so... So yeah, so it's, I'm fascinated to learn that there's this horror thing, that this, there's, there's a, ho- a whole horror world of this out there. And, I'm, and I like the fact that you say it didn't scare you. Uh, and so therefore, you're mm-hmm. thinking as horror writers, let's, let's make this more scared. Because I did, I did the Universal Pictures thing at the theme park. Oh, we've done it many times. Yes, we that have. was scary. I don't, mm-hmm. know, I don't know why I put myself through 10 minutes of just heart attack. <laughs> You know, for that, I, I don't know if it's because I've been so many times. I, I, I find it incredibly fun uh, and, and I guess nerve wracking because people are running up to you. People are like skating on their knees with sparks flying towards you. I, I don't know that I find it. Uh, I, I find it terrifying or scary. I think there is like that momentary jump. Where, you know, you're scared, but then you start laughing immediately Mm, afterwards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So what we wanted to do with this movie was go into more psychological issues. Mm. uh, And what could people really do to fuck with your head? Yes, Mm -hmm. I mean, it is the the, the sort of introductory moment where we're sort of, where we can kind of go, oh, this is a bit light. You know, here's some horror nerds going to do a horror camp away and all that kind of stuff. And it's... You know, Slasher Sleepaway is a kind of cutesy sort of meta name, isn't it, and stuff. And then this guy with gravy-stained vest comes out of a van and just starts <laughs> bellowing at them. And obviously we're seeing this, we're, we're seeing the bellowing, obviously, through the eyes of Alex, who's our sort of principal character. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's the one who, I mean, there's, I mean, this isn't a spoiler in terms of the story, but there's a lovely gag that you do about, in reference to Carrie, to show that, mm-hmm. to show that she doesn't know her horror films. Um, which I won't go into any detail about, but it is it's a lovely, lovely moment where this guy's just being larger than life, but for all intents and purposes, it looks very real. He doesn't look like he's play acting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so you set us up well, but also you give us this character, Alex, who not only is she not into horror films, there's also, we also know quite quickly on that she's maybe a bit vulnerable. Uh, maybe there's, there's some, maybe some mental health or something like that. So you kind of know that there's someone there who could be manipulated beyond beyond what the game what the game might be. Absolutely, and that and that was really important to us. In addition to having this really cool setting of slasher sleepout, mm-hmm. uh, the thing that that made us uh, decide that this was the movie that we wanted to write and 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 produce was when we created the character of Alex uh, and decided that we wanted to ground everything that happens in this movie in her perspective Mm. so that the audience never experiences um, even a single, a a scene or even a single moment outside of Alex's point of view. Um, And, and, and that uh, we also thought that would create a great challenge for an actress who has to be on screen literally the entire movie and has to be able to, both uh, realistically portray uh, very epic emotional moments, but also uh, be vulnerable enough and willing to show us some intimate stuff that we don't often see dramatized on screen. So, so when when you're writing this and you're playing with 
the ideas of reality and unreality and obviously um, illusion or all reality. How, how did you keep a track of your kind of, I mean, in terms of where you knew where your destination was at, at the end of your story, how did you keep a track of sort of on the page, as it were, to, 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 to you know, almost like keep colouring in within the lines, as it were, you know, know your rules and stick to your rules. But obviously one of the clever things about your movie is that your, your movie is one step ahead of Alex and therefore one step ahead of the characters all the time, isn't it? Yeah, so one of the things that we always say when we start writing is, oh, this idea is so easy, it writes itself. And then <laughs> it <does. laughs> um, So, you know, we started off thinking this was going to be really easy, and uh, it very quickly got complicated keeping track of what was really happening and what was not happening, and also adding in the puzzle elements, like <laughs> what does that mean and how do we come up with these puzzles? And, you know, we had like a lot of flow charts and notes that we made to ourselves to uh, keep everything straight. It's it's my hope that the experience of watching the movie is is like you're, you're running through a, a corn maze with these twists and turns and 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 it's taking you to all of these unexpected places and it it and it doesn't feel like it in the moment it feels like maybe they're not connected or maybe maybe these these events or a certain line or a certain character doesn't have any meaning but that if you were to then at the end of the movie it's my hope that when you see um all of these twists and turns that you've taken when you see it from a from a bird's eye view, you actually realize that that we've been on a, a straight line collision course, and that uh, that our ending hopefully is both surprising but also was inevitable. Well, it's it's the I yeah no I'd, I'd agree with you. It's it's the um, the sense of what 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 you might have believed to be the illusion or out of anyone's control was 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 all yeah like you say was always was always guided by some predestination wasn't it although it never felt like that watching it until you get into a get to a certain point correct uh, correct mm-hmm. and and I, we are all speaking very cryptically here because we are trying to uh we're trying to avoid any any spoilers which i yeah. think i think uh keeping keeping the mystery alive is, is no 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 and i think and and, and 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 this 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 phrase would usually be used as as a criticism but but because of the nature of what you're doing with your storytelling you're 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 literally jumping the shark to <laughs> to, to, to deliver what you want aren't you because because of the, the the cross between illusion and killer because usually in a slasher movie we we our killers don't know they're in a movie you know, for one of the, you know, I know there's, there's, there's a few meta films and stuff. There's, a, there's the likes of Scream and stuff where they talk about the idea that ones exist and stuff. But, but ostensibly, most films like to play the film straight and go, oh, I'm just an innocent victim, just staying at my remote thing. Oh, my God, my friends are getting killed one by one. Whereas your characters either, A, are fully conversed in horror films, but the whole event is based on, the illusion that you're in a you're in a slasher film, so you've already got elements there which are which are there to trip us up as audience members. And and like I say, when I say jump the shark, I'm glad you laughed. Is like is that it is in this instance, it's not a pejorative at all. It's a it's part of what the joys of watching your film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And actually, the I believe it was the last 10 or maybe 12 pages, we only sent that those pages of the script to the actors and the crew uh, who absolutely needed to see them. So oh, really? to, to this day, we have, <laughs> we have cast members in the film who don't know how the film ends because they, they weren't involved with those scenes and they won't know until they sit down and watch it at a screening. Yeah. <laughs> so what was, why, why did you, was that something you always thought you were going to do or did, was that something you realized you had to do to ensure some level of, I guess, authenticity, I suppose, in, in terms of how people portray their role at certain points in the movie? Uh, it honestly didn't have anything to do with, uh, with, with that. It was simply we just wanted to try to keep, keep the secret and the mystery of that ending as close to the best as possible. And, you know, even, even though we're a small film and, you know, no one is uh, trying to hack our, hack our computers like uh, hackers, right, <laughs> like hackers are trying to hack into HBO to find out what's going to happen on Game of Thrones, even, even though that we don't have that level of scrutiny coming at us, mm. we, just, we just wanted to say, you know, let's try to keep this close to the vest. Let's try to keep this mystery alive so that, so that uh, people, uh, hopefully audiences everywhere, will be surprised. Well, yeah, no, and, and and like I say, we've been we've been coded enough, so we don't we don't give away the surprises because I'd, I'd hate to do that. Um, now, you've 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 managed. You've you've what was what was the the casting like for um, for getting Alex? Because obviously, for for her role, she has to like like you've already alluded to. She has to she has to run a gamut of of many emotions. A lot of it is is obviously scared. But much of it is confusion, is uncertainty, is fear for a, another truth or whatever that might be that's also going on running parallel with what's, what's right in front of her. So w- what was your process of, of picking Alex? Um, so right behind uh, storytelling, I think our, our number two thing that's most important to us is the casting. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, we have one of our other producers, um, Aaron Galligan Sterl, is a Broadway actor, okay. and uh, he has a lot of connections to um, acting schools and actors from theater and film from all over the place. Um, and uh, Marcy Ann Dwyer, who plays Alex, um, was uh, she came to us through. Actually, she came. She came. To, she came to me through. Um, I, I sent out an email to all of my contacts mm-hmm. when, when, when we were casting, and we wanted to cast her first and build out the cast around her. Makes sense. So, uh, so we. I sent out an email that I was looking for a special actress. I believe was the subject line. <laughs> Uh, and I, you know, I described what it was and I mentioned that, that, you know, it was going to be edgy and things like that. And to please send viable candidates my way. And just from that, you know, I, I probably got 30 to 50 actresses sent my way. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> in, in particular, we had a number of, of actresses, uh, contact us from the Warner Laughlin School of Acting, which is here in in Hollywood. Okay, and and Marcienne came from that from that pack, and she actually was one of the later um, ladies to contact me from there. 
And I remember I, I, you know, I got her email and I was like, oh, here's a, here's another one of, one of them. And, and I, I clicked, I, I think I, I, I clicked on her reel and I sort of sat up in my chair and I, I kind of knew just from her, it was like a two minute reel. I, I knew that she had something special that we were looking for. And then from that point, we brought her in a number of times. Um, uh, and she just proved again and again that she she was the one. It's, it always fascinates me that about the, the, the choice element, because obviously you've got the world at your fingertips, haven't you? You know, you can email out, you can you can go to all kinds of sources to, to cast someone. And ultimately, the choice is going to come down to almost like a gut instinct, isn't it? You, you know, you're, you don't know what you look at. In a way, and this is, the, you know, I, I don't envy actors at all, you know, this idea that someone's looking for something they don't know until it hits them in the face. But, right. but, but you know you're looking for it, don't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one, once we had Marcianne locked in, uh, mm-hmm. then we started on our other on our other five leads. And Aaron, uh, uh, who Trista mentioned, was instrumental in in helping us uh, find those people. And also, an, another role that Aaron plays is he, he's great at script development and uh, just creative uh, uh, creative executive in general. And he, okay. he played that role for us. Uh, and there's actually a team of, of five of us uh, producers on the film. Uh, Aaron is one, Rebecca Stone is one, and David Hendelman is the other one. And what has been awesome for me as a director is to have the combined forces of all five of us working in tandem on this film, rowing in the same direction as it were. And to, to have that, that support has been amazing for me as a director. And I think for Trista as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's a really good group of people and Everybody gets along, which doesn't always happen when you're making a movie. Um, so it's been a really great experience. And we also had the opportunity to hire um, some of our friends from film school for um, some of these other crew positions. Um, so it's just been like one big family, uh, and it's been really great. Now, it's a, it's a, it's a fairly, in action terms, there's a lot of ambition in this movie, isn't there? You know, you've, we you've, tried, yes. <laughs> you know, you've not, you've not just, We try exactly, yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, one did did um, did Mar. Oh, God, I forgot to pronounce her name now. Sorry, uh, did Marcian? Um, did she do her own her own stunts, as it were, in the movie? Was she, she is she underwater and stuff? Uh, yes, she is underwater. She is a tough girl. On our first day of filming, we. Uh, we took her out into the water, and it was freezing cold, and everyone else had wetsuits on, and they were cold in the wetsuits, and she just had, you know, her pants and her sports bra, and she did an amazing job. We couldn't believe it. <laughs> no, it was, it's, it's, it's a very impressive, and obviously, you've got lots of stuff happening in, in woods, which, um, which, you know, involves a tremendous amount of sort of, I guess, choreography, you know, special effects. And so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what 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 are you what do you, what are you most proud of what you achieved in and amongst all that? Because obviously, you you were seeing all this on the page, and some of it with with you know with finite resources, you probably saw some things as being harder to achieve than others. So, is there anything you can tell us that you you kind of you know 
makes you, you get your right smile to your face when you think what you've achieved there with what little you have. Yes, yes, and a- absolutely. And I think I think I'm speaking for Trista as well that we pulled off uh, what we refer to as the beach sequence, mm-hmm. which where um, Alex is underwater and chained underwater at, at certain points in time. And there are uh, there's a stunt involving a hill and spikes. Uh, that was definitely our most ambitious uh, set piece, mm. and uh, we devoted uh, a lot of resources to making it happen. And I'm really, really proud of of how of how it came out. Um, we did uh, the the actor playing Nathan Matt Delapina mm. uh, did have someone performing stunts for him in that scene because it was just. Uh, the, the the stunt that he has to do would be just too dangerous to yeah 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 understand after uh, undertake given, um, given, given the outfit he's wearing as well yes <laughs> <laughs> but no you're right I think that's a that's a very good way to describe it as the beach sequence yes I can I can thoroughly recommend to people to be excited about what it, what they're describing as the beach sequence it's uh, there's a lot going on and there's a lot being revealed and not revealed at the same time. Which, which, given what you've already watched up to that point, you're kind of going, "What the hell?" <laughs> Good. That's yes. what we hope is going yes. to happen. Yes. <laughs> which you know, it, it is. It's interest. It's an interesting challenge, and an, an interesting to see. And uh, Fright Fest is our world premiere, so it will be very interesting for us to see to start seeing the film through general audience. Eyes, uh, which we try to do all the way along from writing to editing to sound and everything like that. But now that we are actually going to have the chance to share it with the world, um, I'm, I'm going to be fascinated to see how, how people, how people respond to these things. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it is, it goes back to the point about how in, in any, in any other, in any other setup of a movie, what you're doing would be, um, hard to, to take, but given the setup you've given us and the option for illusion and what is real, always at your fingertips in terms of what action can follow next, it makes for an exciting ride. Whereas I think sometimes that, if, if it had been just a slasher film that just went from this to that to the other, we'd have gone, oh, stop it now, stop it. But, but because, <laughs> of what, because of what you've done, I think you've allowed yourself that 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 leeway, and and that's what makes it. I mean, I'm I'm only one person, but it. But yeah, from my point of view, it was it was interesting that it it kind of and you play it. And I think the other thing is 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 that and I think why why it runs true is you play it straight as well. There's even at the most sort of even at your most knowing bits in the early parts of the first act, it's still being played with a straight bat. I felt you know it's it's mm-hmm. you know even your kind of like your emo characters and their their kind of obvious. You know their kind of obviousness in their kind of nihilism and and their and their love of horror and stuff is is played like as if that's that's them that's what they are and they're different mm-hmm. than Larry and they're different than, than than Alex and they're different than Nathan so it allowed us a counterpoint and and gave us an extreme counterpoint obviously from Alex because because you know because you needed that didn't you I suppose yes for sure to really to really show that she is the fish out of water here. But but it was interesting that you you you, you know you in and amongst all that, and I think this is testimony to, to what you developed as a screenplay, as much as what you produced as a film, is you even went to trouble like of, of like kind of sidebar stories between that couple who at the start of the movie you you kind of believe you know they're rock solid, 
Mm-hmm. And then slowly but surely, the more we get to, to learn about um, about Marina and Pitch, as he's called, which is a great name, um, is is that they've got their own little their own little subplot going on, which helps support your bigger film your bigger film idea. I thought it was really neat. Cool. Yeah, um, the one of the cool things about this movie, I think, is that. Um, the supporting characters are so interesting. And uh, it's funny because when we were doing um, test screenings of early cuts of this film, mm. uh, people would uh, tell us at the end that, that oh, I love um, the goth couple, or, oh, I love the, the guy who's always making jokes. Like, everybody had a different favorite character, mm. um, and, and that was just really fun to hear from people. And and it's 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 a it's the classic um, because you make them so interesting. It allows us to take our eye off Alex once in a while to help you keep pushing forward your ultimate story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure, that they we consider them a, a contrasting subplot. The Marina pitch storyline as a couple is certainly a contrasting subplot to Alex and Nathan as a couple. So you, as you've already said it's your world premiere. So I, I guess I guess are you going to be coming over? I don't think you're going to miss that, are you? Oh, we're we're going to be there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, we're going to be there. Um, Trista and I will be there. Our producer David Hendelman will be there. Uh, Marcian will be there for both for both of our screenings at Fright Fest on Saturday night and on Sunday night. Um, and our uh, director of photography Jesse Eisenhart will be there on Saturday night as well. Brilliant, brilliant, and uh, I mean, are you, are you are you aware of like where where you get where in London you're going to be doing this world premiere? You know, you know, it's Leicester Square, yeah. Oh yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Although you know, we might not fully understand how how exactly how cool that is. I've started to I've started to gather exactly how cool that is. Well, if you, if you imagine in Britain, it's the place where people do their premieres. That's there's about four cinemas around Leicester Square, if, wow. not, if not five, of which, obviously, the, the, the Cineworld is one of them. And That's amazing. Yeah, and it's, you know, when the world's press descends on a premiere in Britain, it's Leicester Square they're doing it in. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah, we've been overwhelmed by um, people's reactions to the film, like, just even seeing the trailer, like, the... The people on Twitter and on Facebook and everything, everyone's been so amazing and they're saying such great things. Um, and it's just such a cool experience um, to see that people are reacting so well to the film. Because you just never know. You just never know when, when we're making it, when, we, when, when we're in a dark room editing or we're, when we're in a room writing and, it, and it's just it's a, a quiet, cold, air-conditioned room with just a few of us in there. We have no idea if our if our work is ever going to get exhibited in a form like this, and we are so happy and so fortunate that we have this opportunity. I mean, and the other thing I'd say is that it's it's given given what the film's about, and given you know, it would have been easy it would have been easy to call the film you know sleep uh, slasher camp slasher sleepover. Sorry, mm-hmm. but but to go with the title "Ruin Me," which is a really strong title. Was that was that was that what you were calling it from the get go, or is that something that was born out of the process of making it? That is from the get go. You are <laughs> kidding me! You are kidding me! 
It's really interesting that you ask about it. It it is it is a topic that has come up again and again, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I, I consider our our creative brain trust to be Trista and myself and and Aaron, and the three of us have just been extremely passionate about that title for this movie, and uh, we we just think that that if we were to call it Slasher Sleepout, that it would do a disservice to the film and mm. it would create an expectation in the audience's mind of of a certain kind of movie and a certain kind of cheesy movie and, and maybe a lot of deaths and a lot of elaborate deaths, and that's that's just not what this, this movie is. Uh, we feel like Ruin Me has a thematic resonance that um, uh, that is only apparent once once you are able to see the full film and take that bird's eye view of it, uh, and it's it's something that that we feel will will resonate with people if they if they spend even just a few minutes thinking about it afterwards, which we hope they do. No, 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 totally. That's that's kind of why it stands out. I mean, it, you know, ahead of it, I. I, I... Because it would be easy in the in the early part of the setup when you're going, yeah, we're going on the slasher sleepover, blah blah blah, and it's like a, it's it's just it's just nerds and it's one girl who doesn't know a horror film from a from a dirty dancing, as she says, um, is a favorite <laughs> is a favorite film, um, and and you're right, it would have set, it would have set weird expectations, and and actually there's 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 a lot of truth in what you say that it it, it starts off as a statement of intent that the slasher sleepover will ruin you. But then there's, mm-hmm. there's bigger there's bigger aspects to the personal, isn't there? That that that, that Rumi applies to as well, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You got it. You got it, Stuart. <laughs> well, there you go. So if, if I'm a test if I'm a test audience, then so far hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, int- given 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 you you edited it, uh, Trista. Um, mm-hmm. What. And given the complexity of what you were what you were trying to do on the page and, and obviously through the production, was there anything through the editing process that revealed itself that made you deviate from from the script? Was the things you had to do to make it work in the edit that weren't apparent until you got there? Um, so we did end up cutting quite a few lines um, from scenes that we realized we didn't actually need in order to tell the story in the in the best and most clear and efficient way. Okay. Um, and we had some, there were like a handful of scenes that we did multiple versions of because they were very complex. Um, and, uh, you know, there were, there were certain um, elements that we needed to hit in the action, what's going on. Um, in uh, the dialogue, um, if people are telling their backstories. Um, so, yeah, there were a handful of scenes that, that we cut and recut, and uh, we, we did end up getting a few pickup shots for some of the scenes. Um, and interestingly, uh, there was one scene that we shot on set, and... Uh, the very next day, Preston said, like, this scene just does not feel right to me. Um, okay. Given the tone of the film. And so we rewrote it on the spot and um, shot a different scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it was it was very interesting. I did I didn't speak up until the next day, but while we were shooting this particular scene, I I, I like to say my spidey sense was tingling. Right. And and I just I knew that it was that it I, I just had this instinctive feeling that it wasn't right for this film. Um, and so we had to we had to sort of be creative and, and come up with a solution that we could achieve. Um, uh, that said, other than that one scene and, and a few lines here and there, this the the movie that you see is very reflective of the script that we wrote because we we are just so um, dedicated to making the script as good as we are physically and mentally and emotionally capable of making it before before we shoot and the, and so that means lots of drafts and lots of um, people weighing in with their feedback to make sure things are clear and, and things are tracking um, and and so uh, the movie the movie that you see is very close to the script that that we wrote well that, I mean that's that's impressive stuff and can you remember um a positive note you received, as it were, in, while you were being sort of that rigorous with your with your development process, that enabled you to kick forward with it. Hmm. Um, I, I I feel like when um I when we were in when we were in pre production, I I was working in New Orleans on a show called. Uh, Quarry, which aired on Cinemax, mm-hmm. and the two—I I was working with the two head writers of that show. And um, when uh, one of one of the uh, writers, a gentleman named Michael D. Fuller, read read the script, and he clued in on uh, an aspect of Alex's character, which. Unfortunately, I, I have to speak about it in vague terms because it, it's a spoiler. Yeah. When when he picked up on the reality of what of something from her past. Yeah. And, and he and he um, saw how that tracked through the screenplay and ultimately led to the conclusion. Um, and he's a he's a writer that I that I really respect his work. Uh, that that to me was a sign that. That we were we were on a good path, and that we should we should go full steam ahead. Now, just one one last question for you. Uh, obviously, you know you know your horror films, um, and clearly you're you're not so enough to do these these role playing horror event things and take great pleasure in them. Which my my nerves don't don't like them. Um, if I'm honest <laughs> with you, uh, but but in terms, of, is there any sort of um, did you did you take advantage? I mean, I didn't spot apart from the carry gag. There wasn't anything explicit that I would I'm able to sort of throw at you, but is there any sort of uh, sort of horror Easter eggs in there for people to discover where you, you're having a sort of, where you're playing with the form as much as you are with with the action you're, you're doing? Well, uh, I would say that you well you you the circles you may run in it's possible that you will meet, but I'm not I'm not sure. You may never speak to a bigger Friday the Thirteenth fan than than you're speaking to right now. Okay. Uh, I I, I uh, for whatever reason, since I was uh, about six years old, that has been one of that has been my franchise, and I've seen those movies. I, I'm embarrassed to say how many times I've seen those movies. And you should be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and so that I really tried to bring the DNA of that. Um, okay. If 
if, uh, if there is a line where uh, Marcian talks about uh, being worried that uh, a guy in an old hockey mask could impale them both. Uh, and uh, I, I do want to point out for the for the uh, for the super fans out there, yes, she is intentionally mixing her metaphors. She's, <laughs> mixing, kill, she's mixing up a kill from Friday the Thirteenth Part Two before Jason had his hockey mask, which he got in Part Three. So yes, I, I am aware of that. Um, we also uh, made a reference to uh, a movie that I think is actually more popular in the UK than it is in the US, uh, a movie called Mute Witness. Uh, there's a little joke in there about Mute Witness. And uh, Dead Ringers, which is my personal Ah, uh, yes, that's a Yeah, yeah, one. yeah, that, that was a curveball, that one. Yeah, no, that was a lovely one. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then even, even some really off ones, like uh, Pitchett says his favorite movie is uh, the movie Chaos, if if you remember. I don't that. know. I don't know the film, but yeah, I remember yeah, you saying it's that. Yeah, it's a little more obscure, but it's it's pretty gross. <laughs> it, it's it was meant as sort of a Last House on the Left remake, um, but they ended up like not getting the rights to call it that, so they called it Chaos, and and uh, it's uh, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense that it would be Pitch's favorite movie. Yes. <laughs> Well, look, that's that. That sounds for any for any horror fan. Well, there's plenty of horror fans here at Fright Fest. For anybody that wants to wants to to, to enjoy spotting these and more in uh, in, yes. in in Ruin Me, there's there's a lot to be had, isn't there? From uh, in that sense, we we tried, we tried. <laughs> well, look, thank you very much for taking the time to come on the Breakfast Podcast to preview Ruin Me. Thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. It was my pleasure, and. Best of luck with the world premiere. I think there's uh, there's no better occasion to be having a world premiere than than Fright Fest sometimes. Yeah, we're very very excited. Can't wait. Thank you, Stuart. You have been listening to the Britflix Fright Fest preview podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.